prophecies foretell the United States will not be part of the end time world government. Is Joe Biden's efforts to destroy America setting the stage for the fulfillment of this prophecy? Well, we will analyze this scenario on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, I I talked last week about the United States and our role in end time Bible prophecy, standing with Israel. And um, since 1945, the establishment of the United Nations, the United States has been the principal driver behind the establishment of this new world order, this world governing body. But the Bible prophesies that we will come off of that um, pedestal that we've been on. We will stand with Israel all the way throughout the end time, but we will not be part of or fully engaged in this world governing body. So we've watched over the last several years as President Trump started pulling us out of world government. Well, Joe Biden, when he got elected, he said, hey, I'm going to push us right back in. He made all these promises to pretty much undo everything President Trump had done. And yet he gets in office and everything just about that he's done has been a complete catastrophe as far as from a United States citizen's perspective, right? So will the United States pull out because of a reason of strength? i.e. a Donald Trump pulling us out? Or will the United States pull out from a, uh, because we've been weakened? And it's something we need to look at because it's, it's prophesied in the Bible, we will not be fully engaged in the world governing body. Even right now, our, not just our enemies, but our allies are seeing America in a weakened position. So, I wanted to talk to you about something today. I think you, you're probably aware, but I wanted to make sure you kind of understand what's going on. Much of this, much of my opening dialogue here, I took from a town hall article. The question is, does Joe Biden want to destroy America? President Biden, of course, said he would bring America back. Well, That's not the case, is it? The Taliban is back. In a little more than seven months, President Biden seems to be doing everything he can to bring America down. Uh, Joe Biden wanted to destroy uh, this country. Would he do anything differently than what he's doing right now? I mean, imagine. By, By looking at some of his policies and decisions in his first seven months... It could be argued that President Trump and his administration, they almost seem committed to destroying America as a a beacon of freedom and law and order and 
and this wonderful opportunity, this American dream, right? And the list of evidence just keeps growing and growing almost with, it seems like almost every major decision is really anti-American. And you, you and I are both all living through this. <laughs> I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm going through all of this just like you are. So let's analyze this scenario. If you want to destroy, if you wanted to destroy America, well, what would you do? Open our southern border to all who want to come in, right? I mean, instead of continuing the work of President Trump to secure our southern border, President Biden has opened America to unprecedented numbers of illegal aliens, over a million this year already. And to M13 gangs, drug dealers, and potential terrorists from all around the world. Even illegal immigrants with COVID have been welcomed and transported to states throughout the country at American taxpayer expense. Now think about that. They're trying to mandate that Americans have get COVID vaccines, wear masks, don't go into certain venues, but yet they're allowing undocumented people to come right across the border, knowing they have COVID and shipping them throughout the United States. Kind of crazy, isn't it? Well, thankfully, a U.S. Supreme Court has revived President Trump's stay in Mexico policy but implementation requires that Mexico's cooperation, and that's far from sure at this point. Again, if you want to destroy America, you do everything you can to end our energy independence, right? You would. So while giving his stamp of approval to Russia's oil pipeline to Europe, President Biden has sabotaged President Trump's progress in... Um, In securing our energy independence. I mean, we were energy independent under President Trump. You understand this. Now, that's been done away with, and he's been begging uh, overseas entities for energy, oil, different things. It, it's just like, why would you do this to America as a, as a, as a I should say, quote-unquote president? President Biden has halted the construction on the Keystone XL Pipeline, closed drilling on federal lands and is working to revive our support for the Paris Climate Accord that promises really to, to dampen our country's economic growth for years to come. It's total wealth redistribution based on United Nations propaganda of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. It's all a complete hoax to redistribute the wealth of America to despots around the world and to the international community, the leaders of that as a whole. And he has, he's actually called for electric cars without an adequate plan to establish charging stations that can sustain the mass use of so many of these electric vehicles. It's kind of like um, pulling our military out of Afghanistan before getting all of the Americans and Christians and everybody out. It's getting, talk about, it's not even, it's, it's a whole lot worse than even getting the cart before the horse. 
It's just no plan. Just engaging. Let's get going. Where are we going? I don't know, but we're going somewhere. Also, if you want to destroy America, you would stoke the fires of racial hatred in an already divided country, right? I mean, there's so many things that's going on. One of the things you have to do if you wanted to diminish America, to destroy America, to tear America down, is to keep the people divided. And so that's why you would preach, preach, preach racial divisions and um, societal divisions and all these different things, the haves and the have-nots. It's all about division. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time Message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. The seven vials are coming in the form of sores, darkness, great hail, people being scorched with immense heat, and more. Bible prophecy shows us that each of these judgments will be far worse than anything imaginable. The good news is there is hope. In our brand new video, learn how to be immune from these gruesome judgments and have peace in the end time. This month only, get our new DVD, The Seven Vials, with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call us at 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. This offer is only valid through the end of the month. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call 800-END-TIME. So if you wanted to destroy America, we're just analyzing this question, just this bantering back and forth. If you wanted to destroy America, you've got to keep the people of America divided. You would preach division among racial lines. The critical race theory is what that's all about. And yet... Also, societal conditions, the haves, the have-nots. You've got to keep everybody divided and bickering amongst themselves because if Americans were to unite, the government would never be able to do some of the things they're doing. But because they keep everybody divided, it's divide and conquer, you understand? So they've got to preach all these propaganda and all these different things and... It's all an effort to diminish the power of America 
Number one, the power of America is God. Number two, it's the people. Also, if you want to destroy America, you would allow crime on the streets to go unpunished, right? President Biden and his Democratic colleagues continue to rail about President Trump's supposed January 6th, I'll say quote-unquote insurrection, even when the FBI has found no evidence supporting such allegations of this planned breach. At the same time, he remains silent about the real insurrection on the streets of many of our major cities, right? I mean, think about what's going on here in America. Democratic um, district attorneys are failing to prosecute low-level looting, destructive rioting, and, and even arson. And when you, when you do not hold criminals responsible and you set them free, then crime is rewarded. Even worse, President Trump wants to take guns away from responsible citizens while not protecting citizens from crime on the streets. And if you take, what's taking guns away all about? Absolute control with no means of resistance. So, if you want to destroy America, you would keep calling for lockdowns and strict mask guidelines, right? I mean, under the guise of, let's say, protecting Americans, I say under the guise of protecting Americans, from COVID-19, President Biden has defended economic lockdowns, unproven mask requirements, and restrictive requirements that have closed small businesses forever and cost Americans jobs. And what's worse is some Democratic leaders don't even consistently follow the very requirements that they institute and are preaching. And such hypocrisy undermines respect for leaders, right, and the laws that they create. Furthermore, if you want to destroy America, you would allow a Congress to pass reckless deficit spending, creating government dependence and rampant inflation, right? I mean, we're headed straight for a, a huge rise in, it with, in inflation if everything keeps going the way it is. President Biden is supporting drastic increases in government spending. Inflation rate um, has already increased by 5%, and it's hitting the citizens of America who are already struggling to make ends meet, many. No wonder they are demanding more support from government and limits on evictions, right? I mean, we're all living through this. And there are jobs available. There's a, there's a help wanted sign almost in front of every business. But the cost for housing, food, and gas for their cars is going up beyond what they can afford with the jobs available. I mean, at the very end of the Trump administration, here in North Dallas, in Plano, it's the north cities of Dallas, we were paying about, I think it was $1.65 to $1.70 a gallon. Now it's close to $3 a gallon in, in seven months of the Biden presidency. Biden is doing all he can 
to make socialism appear the only answer possible. Giving, you know, promising free college and we'll forgive your college debt and, you know, health care and just all this free stuff. And it's, folks, it's socialism. If you want to destroy America, establish the federal control of elections. I mean, at a time that trust in in our elections is at an all-time low, and understandably so. If you understand really what happened in the last election, what happened in the last election was pretty self-explanatory. President Biden has fully supported the federal takeover of our elections from the states. Biden's support reforms literally outlaws states from requiring verifications of citizenship. By expanding the times and ways that you can vote without increasing necessary controls is just going to further ensure opportunities for cheating and creating more distrust in our elections. If you want to destroy America, hey, project military weakness, right? And fail leadership in the times of crisis. The Afghanistan debacle. I mean, President Biden's this poorly planned or no planning of this military withdrawal from Afghanistan has resulted in unnecessary deaths of our sons and daughters, our soldiers, citizens, and our Afghan allies. By going it alone, he earned the criticism and condemnation of some of our best allies. By failing to expedite withdrawals before initiating the military departure, many have been left stranded at the mercy of Taliban rule. And his failure to get critical military systems and equipment, I'm talking about hundreds of millions of dollars of helicopters and Humvees and rifles and ammunition. I mean, it's un- the list goes on forever. Tens of thousands of vehicles that you and I paid for are left over there. And to really equip out potential enemies. I mean, the strengthened Taliban rule has once again provided a haven for and, and emboldened terrorists eager to attack America. I mean, not just um, the Taliban or Al-Qaeda or ISIS, but think about how China, Russia, Iran, and some of these other terrorist factions, people that would love to usurp authority over America for years, how are they looking at America right now? And even our allies that are supposed to be trusting in America, they're looking at us going, what in the world is going on? And then the unspeakable death of 13 American soldiers by two ISIS suicide bombers, it's but a foretaste of terrorist attacks to come. And finally, if you want to destroy America, install a globalist as a president. You understand that because President Trump criticized the process of globalization during his run for president, globalists 
people who advocate for and believe in and are working towards the establishment of world government, they feared how a potential President Trump uh, would react as the United States president. So they, the thing is, is that they thought Hillary Clinton was going to win in a landslide. So they thought that was a given. And they didn't even worry that, they didn't worry that much until the 2016 election, election results came in. And oh, I mean, people were howling. People that were all these globalists around the world, they were howling because President Trump came in and he would not play ball with their globalist, their world government agenda. And it was back then, even, but just as President Trump was coming into office, it was then that a, an, a, uh, the outgoing Vice President Joe Biden made his international plea to protect the ongoing establishment of the globalist world government. It was back on January the 18th, two days before President Trump was inaugurated. This would be January 28, 2017. At the economic forum. Again, it was just, uh, yeah, it would have been two days before President Trump was inaugurated on January 20th. Joe Biden devoted his last speech as vice president to protecting the new world order, the world government, the liberal international order. They're all synonymous terms, by the way. And he actually said this. I'm going to quote from the speech. He said, for the past seven decades... What he's talking about is the new world order that they've been trying to create. He said, the choices that we have made, particularly the United States and our allies in Europe, have steered our world down a clear path. It's a a path towards the establishment of a new world order, the world government, the United Nations, international institutions to run our world. The United States for seven plus decades was the principal driver of that. Joe Biden goes on to say our careful attention to building and sustaining this liberal international order with the United States and Europe at its core was the bedrock of the success the world enjoyed in the second half of the 20th century. Today it is imperative that we act urgently to defend the liberal international order. Defending the liberal international order requires that we resist the forces of European disintegration and maintain our long-standing insistence on a Europe whole, free, and at peace. It is only by championing the liberal international order. Now, again, this guy is our president of the United States right now. He said it's only by championing the cause of a world governing body, by continuing to invest in our security, reaffirming our shared values, and expanding the cause of liberty around the world, that we will retain our position of leadership. What's he talking about? Our position as the principal driver of this world governing body. So it's easy to see that now a jo- President Joe Biden is a globalist. He fully advocates yielding American citizens' sovereignty to a world government. You cannot play ball with the world government and not be willing to yield up the citizens of the world, our sovereignty to this world governing body. Look at the model of Europe. The European Union project, the reborn Holy Roman Empire, is the model of world government in the earth as we speak. They've done away with their borders. They've they've erased their borders in the European Union. 
done away with all the tariffs, and you can drive from country to country to country, no passports, just drive. Like I would drive from Texas up into Oklahoma. Now, these are countries like Mexico, United States, Canada. But imagine totally removing the borders, no passports, nothing needed, just drive. Because it's the model of world government. A group of nations yielding up their sovereignty to the parliament building in Brussels, Belgium. That's the model of world government. The world government wants nations to do away with their borders to create one global state that answers to a world governing body. That's what the fight is on our southern border. You say, I wish Donald Trump would handle our southern border and go down there and, you know, close it. We could close our southern border very easily. Place our military down there, problem solved tomorrow. He will never do that. Why? He's a globalist. He advocates for, he believes in, to his, the fiber of his being, he's a globalist. He, will, he believes in a world governing body. So, because of the European Union project and how they, they've got that structured, he's saying, we believe the nation state is obsolete as well. So we don't want to protect our borders. I'm a globalist. Why wouldn't President Obama protect our borders? Millions of people came in under President Obama. How did that happen? He was a globalist as well. So he allowed our, he, just people to just come across like crazy. You want to know where most of the drugs are coming in from uh, around the world? It's not Mexico. Everybody talks about the cartels, the cartels, the cartels. The cartels are horrible. There, it's a very bad situation. Human trafficking and drugs. But most of the drugs are coming from China. And they know that they can't fly them in and land them here, obviously. So what do they do? They fly them into Mexico and walk them right across the border. Because we have a globalist president who will not protect our borders, folks. So the 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 diminishing of America on the global stage... Not being fully engaged in the world government. You say, well, a lot of this stuff is fully engaging in the world government. I think that one of the things Donald Trump did is to wake America up. And that's why everybody who's conservative, they're so up in arms. Hey, the, the Republican elections, people that were Republicans, they gained all throughout the United States. But the Republican president was not elected. Statistically impossible. But yet it happened. Because there are some very powerful people that would like to diminish America on the world stage and to put their systems in place as a world governing body. We'll talk more about the Bible says that's what's going to happen. We'll talk more about this scenario on the other side of the break. We need to know about it and we'll talk about it. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, End Time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. All right, everybody. So you're going to have to forgive me. I think there was a few times in the first segment that I meant to say President Biden and I said President Trump. So if I if you got that and if I did do that, I apologize. I think you know who I was talking to and referring to. So just want to clear everything up before we dive off into this second section here. Now, I I do want to say before I get off into some of this second part here that. I'm not walking in fear mode. I understand what's going on. Will we pull out of the world government from a, uh, a, um, from a position of strength under a Donald Trump type presidency? Possible. That is possible. Will we, will we be, uh, come out in a position of weakness? That's possible as well. I know that we will be strong enough to stand against the world government and protect Israel in the end time. So I'm not sure that it will be in a position of weakness. However, look at what's going on on the world stage right now. Our allies and our enemies are seeing the United States in a weakened position. Imagine what this is doing with the uh, Iran nuclear situation. I mean, what better time to enrich uranium like crazy and get a nuclear weapon when most of the international community is viewing us as a, a, a weakened, a weak, anemic nation. So it, it affects everything. And so, however, as a Christian individual, I'm not afraid. I, I do not walk in fear because of all of this, because I understand the prophecies of the Bible. I know what's coming. The United States will stand with Israel. So I'm not talking about this from a um, from a, a standpoint of fear, and I want to sow fear into you and things like that. We are all living through this. However, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. 
I'm walking through this, the same country you're living in, the country I love. I'm a patriot. I love America. But I don't walk through this in fear mode. I've got a mission. I've got a commission from God. That's to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God because we are in the end time right now. We're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Again, I have to tell you what happened to my father-in-law back in 2017, 2016, back in there. God dealt with him and said, hey, Irvin, he said, you've been taught your whole life that, you know, that um, these apocalyptic events are going to come and that, you know, Satan is going to rule everything, the Antichrist, and he's going to just have his thumb down on everybody. That will happen in places. However, Satan did not create all of the end time events just to crush the church. God created all these end time events to set the stage for one last great end time revival. So yes, I do need to tell you the different scenarios that are going on and we need to talk about it. But I'm not living in fear. I understand this. I don't want it to. But if gas goes up to $5 a gallon, God's going to sustain us. He always has he always will. And you say, well, man, I, I hope it doesn't go up to five. I hope it doesn't either. I wish it'd go back down to 25 cents a gallon. However, I do not let my circumstances determine my relationship with God. So back in the, uh, during the, the Carter era, inflation, I mean, interest rates, you know, what, 15, 16, 17%, things like that. Guess what? People were serving God, doing God's will, They were having church, living for God. Okay. So I do not let my circumstances, I don't let things around me. I mean, yeah, I have flat tires. I have all this stuff too. But at the end of the day, I do not let my circumstances dictate my relationship with God or what I will do for God or dictate the ability for me to have revival. I'm going to churches almost every weekend and sowing the seeds of revival in them churches. Many of them are already in revival. And you understand the church is very strong in times of catastrophe and apocalyptic events. The church seems to rise to the occasion. The safest place you can be throughout the end time is involved in a wonderful, good, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where there's a, uh, a body of like-minded believers to carry you, help carry you through serving Jesus Christ all the way. So I I want you to understand my, the, the, the concepts that I'm, I'm coming at the, the, the perspective I'm coming at this from. I don't see it as fear. I'm just wanting to tell you the different scenarios and keep you up to date as a watchman on the wall to help you through the times just ahead. I'm watching this very closely, both scenarios, America's position of strength and America's position of weakness in the world right now. Now, we're still a very strong country, but we do not have a very strong leadership. There are people in our military that are saying, what in the world is going on? (laughs) Because the leadership is just, it's just not there. We still have a very strong military and we, our position in the world is still very strong. But when I, I should say the leadership of America, okay, now that's a big difference. People still see America as a strong country, but if the leadership is weak and anemic, it affects everything. 
And so, big difference. Our our military still unbelievably powerful, okay? We've got people stationed all over the world. Russia does not. China does not. So, I just want to make sure that we understand all the different scenarios, what's coming, and then go from there, okay? So, from, from, but from what I can tell, with the current administration in Washington, almost everything President Trump did to push the America First policy, you know, pulling us out of that emerging world government, President Joe Biden is reversing, not only because of, Af- uh, uh, of the Afghanistan, but other domestic and foreign policy blunders our allies view, I should say, the administration, the leadership of our country as weak and our enemies are emboldened. He's diminishing our position as the leader of the new world order. Even though he advocates for a world governing body, the United States, the leadership position diminishing. And there are people waiting in the wings to fill that vacuum. So, it's prophesied about in the end time. The United States will not be fully engaged in the end time. We have to pull out of that. You remember um, the prophesied end time world government, Daniel. He was given a vision back in Daniel 7 of four beasts that represented kingdoms or nations that would exist at the time of the second coming of Christ. The four beasts described, I'm going to go through this quick. Most of you have been through this a lot. You understand For those of you that have not, the four beasts described in Daniel 7, 4 through 7 and the modern nations they symbolize are a a lion with eagle's wings. That would be Great Britain and the United States, modern nations, a bear, Russia, a four-headed leopard, Germany, 10-horned beast, the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. In, In Revelation, John uses the same symbols of nations, remember, to describe the end time world government. John said that there would be four, um, well, so in John's account, the four separate nations in Daniel 7 federalized into one large global governing body. Revelation 13, 1 through 2, John said, and I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast, not four beasts, but a single beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns. Upon his horns, Symbolic of the European Union, the Ten Crowns, and his heads, the name of blasphemy. The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, Germany. Feet as the feet of the bear, Russia. Mouth as the mouth of the lion, Great Britain. And the dragon, Satan, gave him his power, seat, and great authority. So this is a a 2,000-year-old prophecy of the end-time world government that's currently being established. However, the United States is missing. The eagle's wings, symbolic of the United States in Daniel 7, they're not mentioned in that big combo beast in Revelation 13. And that indicates that the United States is not going to be included in the world government in the end time. This is very good news for you and I living here in the States. I understand people all around the world will watch this, you know, and... uh, you know, we'll just have to talk about the different scenarios at some point. Some nations are not even mentioned uh, in the end time, uh, in end time prophecies. Uh, you'll just have to look at the geopolitical situation in the different nations to tell um, what the scenario is going to be like in the end time. The, I had a lady come up to me Sunday morning after my conference. We were over here in Fort Worth. 
she said she was from Rwanda, an underdeveloped nation, and we were talking about different scenarios going on in her country. It's not good. And so I told her, I said, I'm, you know, I'm going to give you the answer, but it's not going to be what you want to hear. She said, just give it to me straight because she still has family there. And we talked about persecution and different things. It's a totally underdeveloped nation. They're under um, lots of restrictions. A lot of things the United Nations wants to push. They're pushing on some of the African nations and the underdeveloped nations. And so she was very well aware of most of it. Everything I said, she was like, I understand. I'm aware of that. I mean, she already knew what the answer was. She just wanted me to kind of confirm some things. So um, a lot of different situations going on. I I can speak mostly to the United States because that's where I'm from and and born and raised live. So the prophecy also indicates that world dominance will have shifted from the United States to the powers of Europe. We're going to talk about this a lot in the near future, everybody, because this is getting ready to happen. And of course, this scenario, we've had, it's brought up many questions over the years. Uh, since we were presently the leader, since 1945, the United States has been the leader of that world government. How would the powers shift? How would that power shift occur? You know, is the United States going to be wiped out in World War III? We actually wondered that. Would we be brought to our knees and become a non-factor on the world stage? On the other hand, would we perhaps go into isolation? I read an, uh, looked at a, a, an article today about an iso- United States becoming an isolationist nation. Um, again, some of the couple scenarios I've seen lately uh, with President Trump coming out under a position of strength, President Biden possibly moving off of where we're at as the leader because of a position, the, the administration as a position of weakness. Of course, we all know the scripture that helps us answer these questions. Revelation 12. It's the only place the eagle's wings are mentioned in the prophecies of the end time. Revelation 12, 13. Uh, the dragon uh, is going to persecute the woman, 12 stars around her head. Well, the woman's Israel, 12 stars symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel. And according to Revelation 13, the dragon or Satan is going to use the Antichrist and his world governing system to do the persecuting in the end time. The Bible says, you know, the Antichrist made war against the saints. So it's very important that we go through these scenarios. Again, I'm not trying to sow fear. Knowledge is going to be power and help you give you a um, give you hope in the end time. If you didn't understand this, I would be a little (laughs) concerned. But because God has helped us to know this and know our role, it helps me with peace. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. 
Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. So in Revelation 12, 13, the Bible says the dragon's going to persecute the woman with 12 stars around her head. But then John tells us in the very next verse, verse 14, that Israel will be protected during the Great Tribulation, which will occur during the final three and one half years, immediately preceding the second coming. He says, and to the woman, Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle, the United States, that she might fly into her place into the wilderness where she is nourished for time, times and half a times from the face of the serpent. So a clear understanding of Revelation 12 and chapter 13 have allowed us to be absolutely sure of two things. The United States will stand with Israel and protect her during the end time uh, during, uh, from the world government. And the United States will not be part of the world government and therefore will not come under the reign of the Antichrist. Now, how that happens... Don't know for sure. That's what I'm. Spe- that's the whole context of my program today. Is how does this happen from a position of weakness to current administration or a position of a a President Trump? You know whether Donald Trump gets back in office in 2024 or somebody else gets in. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that scripturally, and I, I, I follow this all the time. According to Bible prophecy, what does the future look like? Well, we know there's going to be a, a World War III, Revelation 9, 13 through 21. Now, I wanted to go through something really quick because I could take you all the way from here till the lesson I'm teaching almost every weekend is a giant timeline from here to all the way out through eternity, world without end, our eternal home and you know the big timeline I'm teaching through. If you've not been to one of our conferences, you should make it a goal to do that. See the big timeline that I'm teaching. I've never taught that timeline on the program. I've te- I put it together the first of the year. I've been teaching it at our conferences. It's really awesome. I think you'll love it. I may do a DVD on it at some point in the future because you've got to see the timeline we put together and see how it's all done. However, Israel Hayam, they reported that... Um, you know, um, Naftali Bennett, the prime minister of Israel, current prime minister, and he was just in Washington. Well, he, Bennett's goals and Israel's goals, they're talking about it. They said three weeks ago, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid and Defense Minister Benny Gantz, they convened the ambassadors from all the UN Security Council members' nations in Jerusalem three weeks ago and told them that if Iran maintains its current pace of uranium enrichment, it will reach military nuclear breakout capacity in 70 days. If their countdown clock is accurate, Iran is now around seven weeks away from becoming a nuclear-capable state. And given the urgency of the situation, Israel's prime minister could have been expected to fly to Washington, obviously, to make clear that the U.S. president, and this is what he did, that Israel intends to attack Iran's nuclear facilities, Qom, Fordo, Natanz, and Ifshan, or any combination of them, in order to stop the clock. The prime minister could be expected 
to uh, and did tell the president that while Israel would appreciate U.S. assistance in carrying out the mission, all Israel asks is for the U.S. not to undermine its operations. Well, of course, during the meeting with uh, President Biden and Naftali Bennett, Prime Minister of Israel, President Biden said that, hey, we want to look at diplomatic um, relations and, and diplomacy as a first solution. If that doesn't work, we're prepared to go the other route, which would be, would be to go in there militarily and handle the situation. So what he told Naftali Bennett. Well, Israel Hayam, there's a guy, and I, I've got to go through this again, because Abramowitz, there's a guy named um, Ken Abramowitz, wrote an article. We're already in World War III. It's already begun. This is what he's speculating. And listen at this scenario. Now, I, I wanted to bring up the current administration's weakened position on the world stage. Look at how the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Iran, North Korea, China, look at how all of them are looking at the United States right now. They're all saying, you've got to be kidding me. Supposedly, the most dominant military force on the planet, the most dominant nation on the planet, and they go in and they pull out their military before getting civilians and different people out of Afghanistan. Imagine your enemies seeing you do that and leaving tens of thousands of Humvees and helicopters, airplanes, weapons. I mean, billions of dollars worth of stuff, just leaving it there. And your enemies are going, <laughs> wow, what in the world just happened? This is, I mean, it's like Christmas, Christmas in August. And so our enemies are looking at us like these people are nuts. Who does that? No, but the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. And so if you're an enemy, what are you thinking? If you're Iran and saying, hey, you know, I, we want to enrich uranium. The United States isn't going to do anything. We'll do what we want. Well, there are people that are speculating that we have been in World War III for a while now. It just hasn't escalated to the point where we have mass casualties like a World War I or World War II. But the Bible prophesies that war is coming. And look at our position. Up until this point, the United States has been the policeman of the world. But now look at how they look at us. There's the, the Ken Abramowitz said there's no compat. We've already that he he speculates World War III has already begun. There's no compatibility between the national objectives of Iran and the United States. Either one or the other can prevail, but not both. Now this is the region where the Bible says World War III is going to originate from. I cannot tell you if it will be with Iran, but I've watched Iran for years because China. Russia, they all support Iran, allies. Just like we're an ally of, of Israel, they're allies of Iran. Ken Abramowitz goes on to say, World War III, the conflict we now unfortunately find ourselves in, is far more complex and confusing than World War II. He said a good, good example is America's principal enemy, Iran, supported by Russia, China, and he speculates even the European Union which declared war on America's, America 40 years ago. 
and continuously preaches genocide against the United States or death to America and Israel, death to Israel. Israel, I promise you, is ready to go to war tomorrow morning to keep Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. They will go with or without the United States because Iran wants to wipe Israel off the face of the planet. Abramowitz goes on and says numerous U.S. federal courts have ruled that the Iran's leaders provided material support to Al-Qaeda, all of the purpose, all for the purpose of carrying out the 911 attacks. They imposed judgments of tens of billions of dollars on them and ordered the United States-based properties owned by the Islamic Republic to be seized and auctioned off to pay off these and other judgments. As the aggressor, Iran relatively successfully uses all forms of modern warfare, physical, cultural, economic, legal, demographic, and cyber warfare. And it's created three worldwide terror arms specializing in physical terrorism, narco-terrorism, and cultural terrorism with an estimated half a million terrorist operatives in over 30 countries. Iran's goal is to take over the world and convert everyone to Islam, particularly their Shiite version using all forms of warfare. And so Abramowitz says, hey, we're, we find ourselves in World War III right now. Even though we don't want to be, we don't think we are, don't even want to consider the possibility that we might be. And so a World War III scenario, will it be Iran, the United States, and Israel? I do not know that for sure. There are many people that speculate we have been in World War III for many years. Back when 911 started, they say 911 started World War III when we started the war on terrorism. When, when does that ever go away? It can't. And so the reason I bring this up is because this is one of the next events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. And look at where we're at in the world. The United States has went over and policed Many of these regions. We we went into Afghanistan uh, after nine one one, and now we've just pulled out in a huge debacle. We pulled our military out, everybody, before we got our civilians out. I mean, who does that? I I just people are looking at us like we're a bunch of clowns, or I should say, the administration in Washington. So if you're a terrorist. And you're looking at America right now, and you're saying, hey, America's at a weakened position, the administration running the whole thing, and they're not even protecting their southern border. Is that going to embolden you as a terrorist or as a terrorist nation? That if you want to do something, i.e. build a nuclear weapon, what would you do? When would you do it under a... Donald Trump administration or under a President Joe Biden administration. So it's not the best of scenarios. You say, Dave, you're trying to scare me. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you what's going on. The Bible says World War III is coming. What I'm telling you today, honestly, is that we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. All of these prophecies are just clipping off one right after another so fast. It's, I read Every day, pretty much all day, just about, and every once in a while I'll get a day off. Very, very seldom. But I try to stay up with the news all the time. It's impossible for me to keep up with everything. I got people sending me news from all over the world. And occasionally I'll see something that I 
I missed. And I'm like, how did I miss that? Because everything is happening so fast. And we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. All of these different scenarios are supposed to be playing out just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I was going to get into the peace agreement and all these different things. What was talked about with Naphtali Bennett and not much was talked about between him and uh, President Biden at last week at the meeting that they had. I went through it and Benny Gantz just went over and had a secret meeting with a boss in the West Bank and give them like a a several million dollar loan. I mean, and a lot of different things are happening, but it may not happen under a Naftali Bennett. He's totally anti two-state solution. But Yair Lapid coming in in September 2023 is 100% pro two-state solution. He's going to be the prime minister of Israel, everybody. So what happens next? This World War III scenario or the peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians? I cannot prove scripturally which one happens first. But I'm, I'm here to tell you today that we're, look, we're staring both of them in the face right now. They're the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. Why are you telling this, Dave? I'm telling you, you should be prepared to meet the Lord right now. You say, well, you guys teach that it's a few years off before the second coming happens. Absolutely. But none of us are promised tomorrow. There's kind of, there's some apocalyptic events that are going to happen. And so I'm telling you, let's all be prepared to meet the Lord. Should he come a few years from now or should he call one of us home tomorrow morning? Let's be ready to meet the Lord. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. The number one thing in your life, be born again, get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and be prepared. That's what our programs here are devoted to, preparing people for the second soon return of Jesus Christ so that you can make heaven your eternal home. God bless This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.